right, uh, let's get this thing started. Right. Okay. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to Mouse Madness. I'm your host, Nicholas Heaney, a.k.a. Irish Husky, and apparently this podcast has a TV Tropes page. Yeah, awesome. apparently. That's exciting. You're, <laughs> you're allowed to make one for your own work as long as you don't shell. So I did that. Hello, and welcome back, back to Mouse Madness. I'm your host, Nicholas Heaney, a.k.a. Irish Husky. I'm joined here today by some very special guests, mostly familiar faces. All familiar faces, I should say. But anyway, uh, let's get into roll call. Start from the top. Oh, I'm Anime Geek Draws, or just Anime Geek. I'm Anime Geek Draws on... DeviantArt, I think. Yeah, DeviantArt and, I think, Instagram. I am a fan artist who draws for a group of friends that they call themselves the schmucks. They do look at some commentaries. I do fan art for them. Love it. Just, you know. And I do it for fun. I, I just do fan art and whatnot. And... And that's about it. And I apologize that I wasn't in the last few podcasts. Don't worry about it. Glad to have you here this week. All right, okay. next. Hello. Oh. Oh, jeez. We good? All right. Uh, my name is Raccoonbro, as always, and I am... Oh, wait, no, my name is Kara. Can I go by Raccoonbro? I got messed up. Mm. Okay, sorry. Okay, you guys can keep going. It's been a while, can you tell? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm out of practice. We'll do stuff to you. Um, so is it my turn now? Yeah. I'm Wesley Hunt, Dr. W. I have been here since week one. I love college basketball and I love Disney, so this was sort of like a perfect marriage between them. I also created the Mouse Madness TV Tropes page, which you are free to edit. It was really fun and considering free advertising. Hooray! I, that, that TV Tropes page really excites me because it makes it feel like uh, this. This it makes this feel like a much more legitimate show because of that. You, know you made it when you're on TV Tropes. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, Yoda. Hello, hello everyone. I'm Yoda Jetson, aka Jetson Lennox. I'm an, a huge animation animated Disney movie fan. I'm also a reviewer and writer on animation viewer on animation and i also write a lot of stories and i'm also impressionist from the lights of yonko from aladdin and also winnie the pooh i'm happy to be here yes you do hot pop he's be a fun one. <laughs> oh, hot pop you mean from amphibia i love him oh <laughs> did you leave the stove on the front door unlocked will you die alone <laughs> I'm scared yeah. to do impressions right now because I'm in a hotel room and I don't want to make a noise complaint. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So, uh, 
If you've been following along with Mouse Madness, you'll know that we are in round three, the Sweet 16. Holy crap, I cannot believe we've gotten this far, but that's where we are. Stuff's going to get real now because these are all really popular. Exactly. So. Like, these aren't going to be easy matchups. Like, fun and fancy free, uh, saludos amigos, none of that here. It's all the big names, baby. All the big names. Although, for me, only one of these matches is going to be that hard. Yeah. Um, I think I know which one it is, but uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. So, for this week's podcast, we will be talking about the Sweet 16 matchups in Classes A and B. Four matchups, as is per usual. I think we should hit our time quota fairly easily. So, before we get into that, uh, let's go through the films that made it this far and how they got here. So first, we've got the nine seed from Class A, The Emperor's New Groove. The upset of the tournament. Yeah, the story of this film's progress is absolutely insane. Starting out as the nine seed, going up against The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad in round one, it saw an absolutely smashing victory, 15-0. It then had its first real challenger in round two against the one seed, overall one seed, Beauty and the Beast. It curb stomped it, 20 votes to 10, in the biggest upset we've seen and probably will see throughout this entire tournament. I still cannot believe that happened. I don't agree with that score, and I voted for Emperors. (laughs) That legit surprised me. Like, I love both films, but I'm, like, really surprised. It really shows how far the Emperor's new groove has come as as far as, like, a fan favorite. By all accounts, this doesn't make any sense. I, yeah. I swear, if this makes it to the finals, I will die. Uh, yeah. I, All right. I will absolutely be in joy of smooths. <laughs> All right. Uh, then we've got uh, the four seed Moana starting out in the first round against the 13 seed Oliver and Company. It won out that match out 11 to 2. Had a bit of a tougher time in the second round against uh, the five seed Big Hero 6 but ended up winning out 13 to 9. And while that decision was fairly close, it's nothing compared to our next Sweet 16 entry, The Little Mermaid. Starting out in the first round against Saludos Amigos, does anyone remember that movie or even like it? Well, if you saw Probably the result... didn't get a home video release until 95. Hmm. I don't remember watching it. It doesn't. It's not even feature length. <laughs> right. Well, well, so and VHS, there was no way to watch it even. <laughs> well, I guess that really speaks to the way people voted because Little Mermaid unanimously won that in a 12-0 decision. Wow. In round two, it went up against the sixth seed Wreck-It Ralph, ending in a tie for which I had to consult my friend who works for Disney to break. She ended up choosing Ow. The Little Mermaid, a decision that I am quite happy about, but I know a lot of others are upset about. I asked you decided to go with the sudden death overtime strategy. Oh. Yes, and that, that, st- that one still broke my heart a little bit, uh, e- even though I'm a big fan of Little Mermaid. Yeah. Hey, guys, there's a point up. Since we brought up Big Hero sets, my own hairy baby, my little kitty, just came up to me on the bed. Aw. Hmm. Just want to point that out, because I know Finny just loves the attention. <laughs> what, what is Finny? He, he, he's my cat. 
Aww. Well, you tell him that he's a good cat, okay? Yeah, he's a good kitty cat. Have a treat, my friend. <laughs> All right, and uh, the final Class A Sweet 16 film is the seven seed Mulan. Uh, went up against the rescuers down under in the first meh, in the first round, beating it out 12 to 2. Um, kind of a bittersweet victory for Mulan because I quite like Rescuers Down Under, but doesn't doesn't hold a candle to the greatness that is Mulan '98. Um, in round two, it went up against uh, the other buy from this class, the two seed Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and much like Emperor's New Groove, enjoyed a curb stomping victory this time, twenty to five. So that's that's class A for you. Uh, the two buys didn't even make it past round two. I I just I have no words. <laughs> Where it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Tell me about it. All right, moving on to class B. Uh, the first film of the Sweet Sixteen is the one seed Fantasia. As the one seed, it got an automatic buy past round one. Um, it faced off against the Princess and the Frog, the eighth seed, in round two. And this was actually a lot closer than I was expecting. Um, Fantasia did end up winning, but only by a two-point victory. Ten votes to eight. I honestly, I don't know if uh, my heart was more broken by this one or Meet the Robinsons losing to Meet Peter Pan. Right, but again, this kind of shows the old guard new blood dynamic I was anticipating in the in this tournament, how there would be old and new Disney fans kind of in conflict with one another. I guess in this one, the old schoolers showed up. What you mean, the boomers? <laughs> yeah, not necessarily boomers. I mean, I know people in their 20s who love the old school more than the modern stuff. Yeah, I Dude. just ran a poll on Acclaimed Music. And Honestly, me too. It might, and a lot of the people might, who might be more the older artistic thing. were around my age. Do boomers watch this podcast? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Doubtful. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I uh, think it's like Jersey humor. Anyway, um, the next film in Class B to make it was 101 Dalmatians, the four, the four seed. Uh, started out with a decisive victory in round one against the 13 seed Pocahontas. And in round two, it had a much less decisive victory against the first big upset of this tournament, Treasure Planet, the 12 seed. I honestly thought Treasure Planet was going to beat it out by a very slim margin, but that ended up not being the case as 101 Dalmatians beat it out 9-6. to six. Yeah, I Honestly, I didn't know that people liked 101 Dalmatians that much, and I've even gone on record like as a defender of that film. I mean, I knew I know Treasure Planet is getting some more defenders these days, myself included, but I guess it's not quite Emperor's New Groove levels of cult status. The right. Treasure Planet is definitely a film that really got better as I got older. Yeah, it's, and also the steampunk fandom kind of latched onto it. Yeah. Uh, well, see, it just it doesn't have that same absurdist SpongeBob humor that's become so popular lately. <laughs> Meme humor. Yeah. Right. Moving on. Uh, the three seed Cinderella is the next film to make it to Sweet Sixteen. Um, it beat out the fourteen seed Dinosaur in the first round with an eleven to zero victory, and then faced off against Frozen in the round two, beating it out ten votes to five. 
If you recall, <laughs> this was the podcast where we changed Carrick's mind. Yes. Yeah, this is the one with, with my uh, infamous character arc. That's like our that's like our crown jewel achievement. Ah, character <laughs> arc. I. I wasn't I wasn't gonna go there because I knew it was too easy, but <laughs> uh, I'm glad I'm glad you did. The long run, dungeon <laughs> master. So every time somebody says character, I think someone's about to say my name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and finally, the two seed Dumbo. As a two seed, it got an automatic buy from the first round. It went up against the 10-seed Fox and the Hound and had a very tough time keeping its lead to the point where it only won by a single vote, 8-7. to seven. But it made it this far, which means that the Sweet 16 in Class B consists entirely of the first four seeds. And you changed your mind on that one, so you ended up being the swing vote, Nick. So I did. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, how did you change your mind on that one again? He was I, for- I was a, I was originally for Fox and the Hound, and over the course of the discussion, I changed my mind to Dumbo. Because I, I think I vote. All I could really talk about from Fox and the Hound was that one scene, but nothing else really stood out. Yeah, I I, th- I think I voted for Fox and the Hound. I can't because uh, for Dum- Dumbo, I, the pink elephant scene just makes me. It just gives me PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can imagine. All right, so those are our films for uh, this week. And uh, we're going to do something kind of similar but slightly different uh, with these remaining podcasts. Now, obviously, we've already talked about these movies in previous podcasts, so we have a good idea of how we feel about them. So rather than just saying which film in each matchup we prefer, I'm also going to allow you guys to speculate which one you think is going to win. Ooh. Okay, that's a good one. I like I like this. This will keep things interesting. Way to change oh. it up, Nick. You know how to keep this going. Clap, clap, clap. I think it'll spark some uh, more dynamic debates in here. And that's always fun, right? Possibly. Yeah. Cool. So what, which film are we going to do, class A and B today? Yes. Yeah, eight films per week. All right. Hmm. I'll have to until think. we only have four, until we only have four films left. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to workshop this a little bit once we get to the final four, but that is for future me to worry about. All right. So, uh, with that said, let's get started with the first matchup: Emperor's New Groove versus Moana. And uh, once again, we will start from the top with uh, Anime Geek. Take it He's away. Still there? You still? Shoot, I forgot what to say. Emperor's New Groove and Moana. Emperor's New Groove, by far. Is that in terms of what you think is going to win, or which one you like more, or both? Uh, yes. Uh, I've Blech. watched Moana several times. The first time I watched it was when it was in theaters four years ago and then we and then we got it on dvd in 2017 we used to like it i like the movie but at the same time there are a lot of things they could have done better i was tired of that rooster 
Yes, before anybody says it's a chick, it's a chicken. Hey, hey, is a rooster, by the way. Roosters have colorful rooster feathers, not chickens. Chicken. It's a rooster, though. He has a snoot. Yep. And I think a comb. A, a more up comb. Roosters have more colorful feathers. By the way, I think I had a better partner than the rooster. Use the adorable pig. He was <laughs> in the teaser. You mean the poo pua? Uh, not poor, not the cat from Dragon Ball. Yeah, I think it's Pupua. Oh, it's Hawaiian. I'm it wrong. I'm sorry. Personally, uh, only Moana is a very hit or miss movie. Emperor's New Groove, it's very memorable and as always, I love that movie, and I still know some of the lines from that movie. Memes. <laughs> oh yeah. It's all coming together. I have a really funny meme that my brother just showed me today that I'll link in the chat. <laughs> cool. Okay. It's a little old and possibly dated, but <laughs> but still got a laugh out of me. <laughs> Overall, Emperor's New Groove over Moana. Gotcha. Uh, Carrick, what say you? Well, I, I've talked before at uh, length why uh, he, I think, works in the film, so uh, I won't I won't go over that again. Uh, I'm trying to think of new things to talk about with Moana that I haven't. Uh, I've, I've said that Maui and Moana make a great dynamic. I've said I love how active in the plot Moana is and how uh, funny Maui is and the tattoo uh, animation on him is awesome. The animation on the water is absolutely insane. Uh, I'm just... And with The Emperor's New Groove, I've talked ad nauseum about how funny that film is and... Uh, basically, Cusco has one of the best character arcs uh, that any Disney protagonist has ever had because he starts off as essentially the villain of the film, and it's very slowly he starts to mend his ways thanks to uh, his relationship with Pacha. Like this is a this is a f movie for bros. It's a bromance in this film, as opposed to usual Disney romance. And, of course, Cusco, uh, or the villains, uh, Yzma and Kronk steal the show, uh, every scene they're in. Like, I honestly, whoever came up with the idea of pairing Patrick Warburton and Eartha Kitt together deserves some sort of Oscar, because I, I don't think anybody in a million years would have uh, realized how perfect that pairing is. They're really fantastic together yeah i think they should get an oscar for casting director honestly the emmys and the sags do but not the oscars that's who would get casting director because it's like as as fantastic as the voice actors do in this role we have to remember there was somebody who sat down and realized that these 
people would be perfect for these characters, and we can't forget that. Exactly. Uh, I think my, make or break a film. I think my favorite scene in the movie is probably the bridge scene because it's it's uh, right. It, they're about to get like right to the castle, and uh, when Pacha falls through the bridge, Cusco doesn't immediately try to rescue him because like that wouldn't make much sense. He's still like too much of a jerk at this point. And I found that to be very realistic. And then uh, as they were going up it, uh, they had each other's backs. Very, it's a uh, very good visual storytelling. And then Cusco, at uh, the uh, last minute act of instinct, saves Pacha. And that's when we, the audience, begin to realize that there is still hope for him. And that's really cool. Yeah, that's kind of what turning into the llama did. It helped realize his character arc, and he learned to be more human by being a llama. Yeah, it's kind of like with Bojack Horseman, how the joke is that these characters are very human, yet they're all animals. Right. And so, yeah, I think my vote will probably go to the Emperor's New Groove once again since uh it's like i said this is this film is my cup of tea as for which will move on without question emperors is probably gonna win i mean I, I love moana as much as the next guy but i mean if people thought that emperors was better than beauty and the beast then i don't see how moana stands a chance in that regard right i feel you there yeah this is like the cinderella of the tournament and cinderella is still in the tournament <laughs> I know, because it's like, if, if Emperor's is better than Beauty and the Beast, then what is it not better than? That's what I want to know. Exactly. It only gets easier from here. But um, is it my turn now? Yes, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, I'm voting Emperor's New Groove. Like a lot of people are saying, Moana's kind of a mixed bag, and honestly, not all that memorable to me, except for Tamatoa, maybe, and the tattoo. Lin-Manuel, I'm a big fan of you, man. I love In the Heights and Hamilton, but you kind of phoned it in here. The only song that kind of resonated with me was You're Welcome, which I hummed to myself while vacuuming once. But Emperor's New Groove just has hit after hit. There's a reason it's dominated meme culture. And Cusco's technically an emperor, but I think we can add him to our growing Disney King canon. Because he is the leader of his country. He is the best Disney princess. Yeah. Right. That whole meme. But, but he's technically an emperor. So, yeah. And I'll probably even do the catalog of Disney King sometime. But it's just so funny. So, though, beat for beat, just so many rapid fire jokes that, and most of them hit. And. And it's, again, got that underrated character arc of Cusco learning to be nicer and more friendly just through the arc of being a llama and seeing how his people actually live. So that's the underrated aspect of it, that there's a human element under all the comedy. And as for what will advance, I've actually studied public choice economics in college and learned to predict through through the range of the votes through polling. So I'm pretty certain that people will go for Emperor's New Groove because its reputation is rising 
and Moana's kind of sort of falling away. I mean, it didn't. Moana didn't even win Best Animated Feature for its year, so so it's kind of getting a bit mean, of a shot. I mean, to be fair, its competition that year was the best Disney movie. Don't at so me. yeah, it was Disney versus it's Disney. Com- its competition that year was also Sing and Kubo. I thought that Disney vote splitting might give it to Kubo, but. But yeah, I'm thinking up Burr's New Groove as my pick and what I think realistically would win. Man, it's a good thing you're not a big fat guy. Other than, otherwise, this would be really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. man, that movie. All right, Yoda. Okay, my vote goes to The Emperor's New Groove. It's definitely a film that gets better and funnier as I get older. Like, the animation is absolutely, like, it really gets the fast pace and the zaniness down, like, really captures the whole Looney Tune-esque feeling of it, as it goes for a variety of jokes, and I really love it. Voice cast of David Spade, John Goodman, and with Eartha Kid and Patrick Warburton, all the actors in the movie do a fantastic job, and voice of the old man in the movie was actually the voice of Pidlet, uh, John Fiedler. Oh, yeah. yeah. Beware of the groove! Yeah. Huh, I didn't know he was still around in the year 2000. That's pretty cool. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, so I, I really love The Embers of Dream. I love all the stuff it does. A lot of people are saying, like, like, um, like they always look at Tina and the Sun, but like, I don't care. Like, Embers of Dream is still a funny film to me. So, yeah. My vote is that one. Moana, as I said before, like, I like it fine. As I said, like as I said many times throughout this podcast, I'm a f- big fan of John Musher and Ron Clements. They're my favorite directors at Disney. Visual wise, I thought they did an absolutely stunning job on, Mulan- on Moana. It uh, it captures always very authentic. Like when you look at films like Little Mermaid, it captures the feeling of like old times in Denmark. When you look at Aladdin, like Adrapa really captures the Arabic city kind of feeling to it. With all films like Hercules or The Prince and the Frog, they really the research and made it look authentic and Moana is no exception the thing is it just isn't that memorable like I like a couple of the songs like they like said like Lin-Manuel Miranda is a great songwriter and I sometimes Maui is like hit and miss for me sometimes I really like him sometimes he'd just be kind of annoying and yeah I'm not a big fan of Hey Hey like the rooster I think he's just a very pointless character they could have just used who had the pig like who had a lot more personality in the way he was drawn Moana is a fine character and I I do like how she's, like, first Disney princess that doesn't have a romantic interest. I thought that was really interesting. So. Merida! Huh? Merida! Oh, yeah. I forgot about her. Uh, she's from the other studio. She doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, um, what I like Moana Fine, like, it really isn't one of my favorites, and it's probably the least, my least favorite from John Musher and Ron Clements. So um, I'm going to go with The Emperor's New Groove because it's definitely one of my absolute favorites. Mm-hmm. And as for the one for, and for the one that I think will win, I agree. The Emperor's New Groove isn't a win. If it beat Beauty and the Beast, the first anime film to get a nomination for Best Picture, of course it's going to win. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so I have a hypothetical for you guys. If you were turned into a cow, would you call your employer and tell them that you were sick that day? Probably. Yes, I would. That you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able. Out, he's got another chance at the EGOT. I think he's writing Encanto next year. 
He was oh. doing something else with Disney, but but yeah, he'll probably win for whatever else he's doing next year. All right, I guess it's, I guess it's my turn. Yep. Now I haven't seen uh, Moana since uh, the first time I saw it for this tournament. I remember liking it a lot. I remember loving Moana, loving Maui. I actually thought Hey Hey was pretty funny. Uh, the songs are great. You're Welcome is one of my all-time favorite Disney songs, probably top five. Um, but I really do need to watch it again to get some clear thoughts on it because uh, it is less memorable than The Emperor's New Groove. And that's because Emperor's New Groove is so fast-paced and constantly hitting you with, you know, the jokes. And most of those jokes are hitting. And that's why, and that's why people remember them. Whereas Moana is a little more, you know, slow, slower, relaxed pace, and doesn't have as many of those memeable moments. But yeah, I'm definitely kinder on Moana than uh, most people are. But I'm not sure how I'd compare it to The Emperor's New Groove. Um, I think I'll withhold my vote until I watch it again this week. So uh, I can't really say which one I prefer, but. Uh, you're a fool if you think Moana's beating Emperor's New Groove. Let's face it. <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen. And uh, if it does, I will eat my own shoe live on stream. I'll, I'll give you instructions on how to boil it. Um, there's the there's the short film, Werner Herzog Eats His Shoe, <laughs> where he gives a pretty good detailed instruction of how he would eat his shoe. <laughs> All right, then. Oh my god, please let Emperor's New Groove win. I do not want to eat that shoe. You don't have you to have eat the soul. You have to film it. Yeah. Uh, you have to you uh, bones, you wouldn't eat the soul of your shoe. Yeah. And you have to suck up the shoelace like a noodle. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so we're all Aglet included. Yeah. So we're all in agreement. We think Emperor's New Groove is gonna win. Even if, yep. even if I might be the only one who votes against it. Again, we'll see what happens after I rewatch it. All right, moving on to the next matchup. Oh, sweet Jesus, why? Little Mermaid versus Mulan. Mm. Why, why must you do this to me? You've, uh, why, you, 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 look at what you've wrought, Nicholas. Uh, it's not my fault. The numbers did it. The numbers. If Kenneth Arrow theorized that in a poll with more than two options, it is impossible to give it a result that will please all of the people and will solely reflect the will of the voters. <laughs> hmm. Well, let's start from the bottom this time. We'll begin with uh, so Yoda Jacks and work our way up. Oh. Yep. Okay. Funny thing is about both these movies, Little Mermaid and Mulan, I revisited them recently. Sweet house, like Mulan, like it got a remake, and like a lot of people are, are talking about it, and I was like thinking about it more again, and it's really, really, really good. Like I love it. It really holds up today. It holds up even better than I imagined. It it really captures the whole Chinese culture, the whole feeling of going into war, that whole mood whiplash of a girl was fighting for and looking at the burned village. That's such an intense, chilling moment. But at the same time, with all this like 
dramatic stuff. They still throw in a lot of good comedy, like with the soldiers. Eddie Murphy as Mushu. Sure, he may not be as funny as Donnie, but he still captures the right marks of it, of, of being humorous and being affectionate. Like, I also, I really like the scene where he's like, he's with Mulan, like, after they find out that she's a girl, he's sort of saying, like, hey, come on, we're, we're gonna get through this together. I'm like, I thought that was such a really nice scene. I thought the villain was really good, Sean Yu. He was, like, really threatening and intimidating, even though he didn't have, like, the the most screen time to pair other villains, I thought he was still a legit threat. We especially saw the yellow eyes in the fourth grade. Especially with the whole how many men does it take to deliver a message? That scene is oh very chilling. Very very intense too. How many Namekians does it take to screw in a light bulb? Also, fun <laughs> fact, Mulan has the highest kill count of any single Disney character. I can believe oh. that. I can believe that. <laughs> and so, um, but at the same time, I revisited The Little Mermaid, and I forgot how freaking strong of a movie that was. I, I should also point out that I first saw this movie in 1998, and I thought it was, like, brand new at the time, even though I saw kind of clips of it when I was, like, really, really young, but... With look the at it, release, same as me. Yeah, it caps really captures the feeling that like it's timeless. Like you can watch this anytime, and it still feels like it feels like it came out like yesterday. It really captures those feelings. And like while I previously talked about John Muster and Ron Clement several times, like I thought he did a great job in this film. I want to shift the focus a bit more on the big true souls and hearts of this movie. Late lyricist and producer Howard Ashman. Aww. Like this is the guy. He worked at Disney. This the really did bring it back. Whole heart and soul of the music and the storytelling. He put that back all of, starting with this. He may have started with Oliver Company, but this is the film he wanted to work on. He wanted to bring back the Disney magic. Bring back films like Snow White and Pinocchio. This is what he had in mind. And really, it was his idea to make Sebastian Jamaican because they originally wanted to make him British. And with Ursula... Ursula just has his name written all over it. He coached Pat Carroll how to sing it. Has seen on Poor Unfortunate Souls. He had like um those little touches, like little lines were say like life's full of tough choices in it. That was all from him. Like all those funny little lines. And yeah, even from uh, Yeah, Poor Unfortunate Souls is a hard one because it goes down and up and swings around quite a bit. And you uh -huh. gotta have and you gotta have body language for it. Oh yeah. And Fun fact: Howard Ashman actually dressed up like in a big octopus-like suit, and like um to help like um like um get Pat Carroll to really capture the feeling of the character by moving around in that octopus suit because he was really determined to get it right. And he even, he even wrote some additional lines of film. He wrote like the scene where Sebastian decides to stay and help Ariel find Prince Eric, and the scene where um King Train decides to turn. Ariel into a human, like he really captures the heart of it. He, even though me post most of the thing he worked on the songs, he captured the heart of these Disney films, like with Little Mermaid and Being the Beast, and even some of Aladdin. Even though he kind of died before Aladdin really got started in production. So, with all that said about the Little Mermaid and Mulan, I tough call, but I'm still gonna have to go with the Little Mermaid as it does have a really personal place in my heart. It it started a it started a renaissance like so many films owe the thanks to this and other thanks to it, it like it really stood strong to me with its characters all the characters are great it's, like Ariel I think 
it's way too much hate from everyone, and yeah. I'm sticking up for her to, like, like she, she trying to destroy all of her personal belongings. I'm just like, really, you'd expect her to be mentally stable through that? Like, I felt wh horrible for her. Like, I wanted things to get better for her. And so, with everything said, like, I'm gonna go with the Little Mermaid. That's I mean, my vote. And I mean, if you're not used to two characters, like, n only knowing each other for a couple days and getting married, like, it's Disney. You should be used to that by now. Yeah, we call it conservation of detail. We don't want all the fussing and mussing of the first couple dates for a few months. That would be boring. It's, yeah. visual, sto it's visual storytelling, guys. Uh-huh. Uh, which one do you I, think is going to win, though? I think the Little Mermaid's gonna win because, like, I see the votes rising on that one. It's really getting a lot of love, so I think the Little Mermaid's gonna win too. I'm throwing my hat with this one. All right. Um. Yeah. And do, what do you guys think of the influence Howard Ashman put on Disney? Like, will you guys talk about that when you get to it? Um. Or um. I think I think you covered it pretty well. Yeah, like, was, there's not a whole lot else to cool. add. Even though he started out as a composer, his little touches helped make the Disney Renaissance. He had those little peppering in, and so when he died, they had the little dedication at the end of Beauty and the Beast, and that was just so heartbreaking to hear about that. How he put his, everything into that one he turned Disney into a Broadway production. Yeah, he, the funny thing is, like, after Little Mermaid is finished, he wanted. Like, he saw Aladdin as his personal project they wanted to do, but when they were called on to help fix up Unit Beast, he still, like, put all of his effort into it, and that really warms the heart. Yeah. Oh God, I just there. looked up when he died. He didn't even get to see Aladdin. Eight yeah. Before, or Beauty and the Beast. He died eight months before that. Personally, he died too soon. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, even though he, like, only worked on, was, like, Three or, just three or four films like he worked on like he really Disney Renaissance really owes a lot to him even though like um, he only worked on like two films from only lived to see like two or three films really owes a lot to him even though he get, even though he did so much for The Little Mermaid or no be, even though he did uh, so much for Beauty and the Beast like animation takes a long time man mm. like he just wasn't around long enough yeah, right. yeah. Like he's He's kind of like James Dean in that regard. Incredibly influential despite such a short uh, career. Uh-huh. Or Kurt Cobain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Howard Ashman died around the same time as like Freddie Mercury, too. And of the same disease, too. Oh, wow. Jeez. Was he gay? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yep, he died of AIDS. Jeez. Mm. Okay. Well, rest in power, uh, Howard Ashman. Your influence will never be forgotten. And forget you, Mr. Ashman. The legacy is secured. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, Wesley? My turn. Well, this is a, another kind of tough call. I liked. I remember liking both movies about the same. Yeah, again, I unapologetically watched Disney, including their princess stuff when I was really young. Yeah, my favorites were the one were Pinocchio and Bambi, the boy stuff. But still, I had Little Mermaid, I had Mulan, I had Cinderella and Snow White. I still enjoyed those. So I, so I really got into it. And Mulan again, she's a pretty cool character. I do like Little Mermaid's character arcs. A lot of people talk about the Ariel one, but Triton really has a big one too. 
it's kind of a story about letting your kid go told from the perspective of the kid and has that sort of emotional pull to it. And Ariel herself learns to have the sort of balance and live the double life. But all that said, Mulan's a movie I liked as a kid, but I love even more from an adult perspective because it gets pretty real at times. It It doesn't sugarcoat the legend too much. And it's able to have convincing story arc also about what Mulan would do to pull herself up. And this is kind of a big endorsement against the remake, by the way, because the whole point is that Mulan is not special. She's a nobody. She has to, she just subs in for her father. It's just sort of a right place, right time situation. I mean, She's the whole, not like a the whole thing. point about I'll make a man out of you is that she has to work just as hard as anyone else, if not even harder. Exactly. She's not the avatar. She's not She's not a chosen one. She's just but, a person. But Wesley, then we won't be able to get really cool wire stunt action scenes. No, you can still do that. The whole climax <laughs> of the fireworks, you can still try that. You can't. You and, can't and make her into a go. You can't make her a Goku. Yeah, apparently with Shafrilis's review they they quote lines of the musical out the music out of context but don't actually sing them but i'm like no you gotta commit to one or the other like could you imagine if i'm uh if i'm a whole new world like aladdin just starts saying hey i can show you the world shining shimmering splendid so tell me princess now when did you last let your heart decide that's awkward jackson but, i'm gonna be real with you that would be less awkward than what they did for the actual film because oh, <laughs> of how yeah. just because how weird his singing voice is I thought it was. I thought it was good. Yeah. He sounds too Canadian. <laughs> I don't think it's that Canadians. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I probably offended some Canadians saying that, and I'm very sorry. <laughs> I think being, uh, being American. You think you offended those Canadian moose from Brother Bear? See, we take offense to that, eh? <laughs> As I was saying, they're nice. I have a vote of confidence for Mulan, and I also think it's going to win. It's probably the best endorsement against its own remake. And as the remake cycle tends to go, the original film sees a boost in popularity. So, (laughs) yeah, there we go. Especially with all the baggage surrounding this one, which I won't get into. Yeah, I'm going with Mulan. Oh, Oh. All of the Cats fans rose up last year, and I was like, wait, there are fans of Cats? <laughs> That's awesome. They're called furries. <laughs> oh, I, well, even furries look, looked at uh, the trailer like, this is terrible. No, actual furries would have done better designs than what they did. Yeah. yeah, you know, I heard that um, Steven Spielberg was going to produce an animated adaptation of Cats, really? but like the studio kind of went bankrupt. Huh. Isn't there a... Like- isn't Cats Don't Dance an animated version of Cats? Not yeah, really. I was just about to say that. <laughs> Scott, Bacu- Scott Bakula, please save us. All right. Now, Cats Don't Dance, these definitely shouldn't. All right, let's move on. Now, Raccoon. Mulan and Little Mermaid. This is a very tough one. Uh, I don't remember if I said this before, but uh, 
Little Mermaid was one of the last films uh, I watched with uh, my mom and sister before my sister moved to Chicago. And my mom was really crying super hard at the end of the film because of just how, just how fitting, like, parallel it was. Like, when Triton said the line, I guess there's only one problem left. How much I'm going to miss her, and like at that point, my mom, my mom just started bawling because like that was exactly what she was going through, and I love that. I love that a Disney film captures that feeling for a parent because like this, these are family films after all, and people of all ages have something to connect to with these characters, and I, when I think about it, this film does the two films. Uh, have a couple similarities that make them like uh, Mushu and Sebastian. They're both tiny red companions that tag along and help our heroes out. That wait, actually, that's that's the only uh, comparison I can think of. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> just just, uh, just that one thing, and they're both. Uh, but they're both both two really. Uh, supportive, uh, memorable characters. Uh, the only difference being that Eddie Murphy was totally robbed of having a song. I, I mean, come on, I, I want to hear him sing a Disney song, you know? But we, the fact that he uh, sings a bunch of show tunes and Shrek kind of makes up for that. So I won't, I won't complain too much. He kind of uh, sang like one verse from I'll Make a Man Out of You, if you want to count that. He had one line. Uh, like, this man's got him scared to death. That was it. See right through me. Oh, speaking of singing, uh, I think this film uh, earns the award for most jarring transition from a speaking voice to a singing voice with the grandmother. <laughs> oh yeah, like because like, like she's voiced by June Foray, who is like the everyone knows is uh, the female counterpart to Mel Blanc, and. Young. Chuck Jones even said um, that June Foray... Mel Blank the... was the male June, June Foray. Exactly. That's true. And so, like, sh- she plays a gra- the grandmother in this movie, and she's got a very old voice, but when she starts singing, she sounds, like, 70 years younger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that again, just like, what? That it's is not right... June Foray. That's not Rocky. That's not Rocky. It's right up there with uh, whenever Jack Skellington starts singing in Nightmare Before Christmas. What? I, I thought Jenny Elfman did a good job, like, covering... Well, no, no. Again. I, thought, I thought he was fantastic, but, like, I, but when I started hearing him sing, I was like, that's not, that's not the same person. <laughs> what, is, what is happening? Okay, now, now, oh, man, I, now I, I, I want talking. a movie with a character voiced by uh, Gilbert Gottfried, but with the singing voice of John Legend. Yeah. Uh, well, well, some would argue that Gilbert Gottfried can sing his own songs, but I would argue, no, don't ever, don't ever subject me to that ever again, <laughs> please. I don't think he's uh, that bad. Yeah, he spent, so, like, he's he spent so much time seeing if you could, you never bothered to ask if you should. Yeah. <laughs> Return of Jafar. I, I thought it worked for the character. Uh, yeah, it, it's. It's fine for the character, but it's like I don't I don't need to hear it again. Uh, it's like watching, one and done. I should start watching some of these Disney sequels, but only like the Cinderella threes and the Aladdin twos. 
Yeah, with the twos and the threes and the four. Uh, so, uh, I, I, Little Mermaid has better uh, music, like overall. Mulan, I think, has better animation overall because uh, that's when digital coloring started to become a thing, uh, like in the nineties. So the colors started like, becoming much brighter and popped more, so I feel that helped it out. Uh, I think Mulan has a really good character, has a better character arc, but Ariel has a more fun personality. Uh, uh, it's a toss-up between Mushu and Sebastian. Mulan gets a leg up when it comes to the there being more funny side characters with the, you know, the army. Uh so that that's why this is such a back and forth film for me, and and uh, since uh, me and my family had been you know marathoning Disney films, we also took note of the fact that this was one of the first Disney films to Little Mermaid that is to try and uh, you know give the prince a bit more personality because up until that point they had just kind of been there for you know eye candy purposes, but you know Prince Eric has a little bit more to do in this film, and uh, that's appreciate something uh, you know i can appreciate from a storytelling perspective but uh i think in the, i have to go with uh mulan i'm gonna go with mulan okay. just it just barely edges out like i'm uh, debating back and forth and I, I think part of me is still a, a little uh Salty still that Little Mermaid took out uh, my boy Ralph. <laughs> salty, like sea salt. Get it? Uh, yeah. Salt. Yeah. Salt. Yeah. Salt. Uh, sea salt. Oh shoot! <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Don't. All right. So yeah, my vote will go to Milan, and I think Milan will win for the same reason West did. Like that recency effect has a very strong pull. Indeed. All right, uh, Anime Geek, your turn. You still here? Uh. There you go. He's still here. She. Ain't she? Oh, she. Sorry. Come on, bro. Honestly, if I say something about The Little Mermaid, my, bro my brother will kill me if I say something good about that movie. Because my brother hates that movie. Personally, why does he hate that movie? It's an annoying movie to him. Well, I can relate to that because when I was a little boy, I you know went through that phrase where I would boycott all Disney princess films because I thought they were too girly. <laughs> Uh, oh, you've grown up so much. Looking back yeah. at it now, personally, the movie's not that bad. Personally. It ain't that bad. I've watched it a few times before on DVD, and, and I hate to admit, I did watch one of the sequels. I think Little Mermaid 3, and I watched it in kindergarten. I don't think I watched Little Mermaid 2. I think I did. Is the Little Mermaid it was... 3 the one where they're just ripping off Footloose? Yeah, and then they yeah. tried to pass off an aerial death scene even though we know she's not going to die. Right. Little is Mermaid the, 2 is the main character going to die in the prequel? 
Who knows? It's not the majority of that movie. <laughs> Is Obi-Wan gonna die in Revenge of the Sith? <laughs> oh god. Personally, the movie's not that bad. It's not amazing. It's just not bad. Um, Jody Benson as Ariel is always iconic because I also know her as Barbie from the Toy Story movies. Oh, yeah. It's oh, pretty cool. Is that is that basically her claim to fame? Was she in anything else? Uh, she was she- in Joseph King of Dreams, and I watched that yesterday, and I hated it. Oh wait, she was also in uh, Camp Lazlo. Uh, I I love I really I really love Camp Lazlo. I've been rewatching several episodes of that. I gotta watch. I gotta rewatch. Now with Mulan, I personally like it more than Little Mermaid. And no, I'm not talking about the disappointing uh, live action Mulan. Personally, yeah. I felt like that movie was a disappointing. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that one. I don't know. It looks like a war film. <laughs> Those really weird war movies. I really wanted the Mulan live-action film to be good because I thought it was going to do something different. It kind of did. Sort of. <laughs> oh, well. The wire scene, but it's not that kind of different. It still follows the beat for beat. It's like uh, yeah. replacing the chocolate sauce on my Sunday with uh, Vegemite. Uh, <laughs> cool. Thanks. Vegemite. Thanks for that. <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. I'm, I'm just going to throw this away now. <laughs> anyway, the original Mulan is a, an amazing movie. Things that I really liked. And also that Trent that transition when they're singing Girl We're Fighting For, and then as they try to finish their song, it just cuts to, like, you know, this destroyed village. Good God. That hurts. And then in the live-action remake, they literally say, these soldiers are no longer boys. <laughs> wow. That sounds so wrong. Wow. But- when they were just, these were just boys pretending to be soldiers. What? Why would... What? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, they were talking about, like, like the their their own army. Like, I went, like we, we were just boys pretending to be soldiers, but now we've seen this. They fled out Yikes. to say that? Like, no, like, because, like, you know, it, it's about their character development, but instead of just, like letting the audience gleam that yeah, from that's, visuals that's they saying, just say they just say it out loud that we we are no longer boys pretending to be soldiers oh, man. bad use subtlety goes out the window oh, show yes. don't tell show like, don't tell is dead <laughs> oh well uh, now I want to see the movie even less it was already at a negative number uh, Absolute zero. How can I go lower than that? Anyway, uh, anime, you were saying? Um, I forgot what I said. Oh, yeah, something about that 
transition scene that hits everybody. Yeah. Movie's amazing. It's just that I don't know. People kind of don't like the movie. Sort of inaccurate to an extent. I don't know. Okay. Probably get called out for liking the original more than the live action remake. Believe me, no one's gonna call you out for this. Oh, thank God. I I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. No. Here's the rule. If you call something overrated and people agree with you, it's not overrated. (laughs) There you go. Well, because people people are saying that the live-action remake was trying to be more faithful to Chinese culture, but this film is being, like, panned and despised in China. Like, Chinese audiences hate this movie. Yeah. Oh, that's... That's gotta hurt. I just want to go AVGN on Disney. Like, what were they thinking? It yeah. And it doesn't help that they filmed th- this place in the location of a concentration camp and then thanked that location in the credits. Oh, and, God, and Disney, also, no. And also the lead actress, and I think the director also supported the police for the Hong Kong protest. Uh, I think it was the actress from Mulan who did it. I think it was Mulan's actress who did that. And yeah, not good PR. Yeah, Robbie, Robbie Ron's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, this movie was dead on arrival, and they're proving us right. Yeah. It's a remake that just had bad news all over it. Like, just, I'm gonna say it. Dishonor! Dishonor! Dishonor you! Dishonor your cow! It's... it's dis- what else dishonor you on your actress! Dishonor on your director! <laughs> yep. At yeah. least not- just watch At the least- movie. It's the best endorsement against its own remake. Yep. At, le- at least Ming-Na Wen made a cameo. Yeah, Ming-Na Wen, the original Mulan, who's actually from Macau. Anyway, yes, the, Mulan, the original Mulan was amazing. We did not talk about Mulan 2. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll save that for when we do the sequel <laughs> podcasts. Right. Again, I would rather watch Mulan 2. Then again, that movie sucked as well. Yeah. So which one do you think is uh, going to win in the polls? One, by far. Think so? Yes. Yeah, I, I think it's going to All be, right. I think it's going to be a really close What was that, Wes? In my bracket, I have Mulan making the final. I forget. I forgot how far I had Mulan. Yeah, I I have Mulan uh, making it to the final four, but uh, losing out to the Class B winner. But anyway. But then I, again, it's it's gonna fight the God Killer Emperor's new groove. That's true. Um, oh, so you are approaching me. Uh, I you choose. You choose to approach. I honestly don't know which one is going to win because. Both of these movies are incredibly beloved by so many people. And uh, as for which one I prefer, again, that's a really close call. These are both top five Disney movies for me. Um, I will say a lot of agreements with Carrick. Uh, Little Mermaid had the better music. Mulan had the better uh, animation. Um, 
I'm thinking back to the two super heavy moments in both movies, with Little Mermaid being the scene where Triton destroys the uh, trove, and in Mulan, the transition from girl worth fighting for to, holy crap, this is war. And I honest, honestly don't know which one I find to be more powerful, because the former is definitely a lot more personal, but the latter has such wider implications not just for Mulan, but for all the soldiers, for all of China. So I can't really decide which one I think is uh, more powerful because they are two very different scenes, even if they are the heaviest hitting. I think ultimately what it comes down to is uh, which princess in particular I like more. And again, that's not an easy decision to make. But I think I'd have to go with Mulan just because she is a lot more outwardly dynamic. Uh, We see her grow uh, in the I'll Make a Man Out of You segment. It even comes back as a a reprise uh, when the other soldiers are dressing up as women to get past the guards. That was a nice little touch. (laughs) Yeah, it's a nice little role reversal there because she's been dressing up as a guy this whole time. And I love the irony that it's I'll Make a Man Out of You, but they're dressing like women. But again, it's yeah. not really about no. uh, becoming a man. It's in the traditional sense. It's about becoming both not just a stronger fighter, but a smarter fighter, which is what the last part of the original song was all about. With uh, Mulan, you know, using you know using her mind instead of her muscles to get the arrow from the top of the post. This movie is feminism done correctly. Absolutely. Yes. And the great totally thing is. about it, like the best. Like, in my opinion, the best way to do uh, fe- feminism, have it be a recurring theme, but don't explicitly draw so much attention to it and put them on level playing ground where they have I to, where they have to achieve the same things in a lot of the same ways as the men around them. They're not given an advantage. They might be given a disadvantage just kind of inherently. But don't be. I I would like, I, I yeah. want to say be subtle about it, but Mulan's not subtle about it. It's very much. It's very obvious what this is about. Don't don't be annoying and patronizing about it. There we go. Tenacious. Like don't say that guys are worse than girls. Like by default. I've seen a lot of stuff that does that, and it hurts. Yeah, there's a lot, like of, a lot of shows and movies that do that because it, de- it defeats the whole purpose. Yeah, there's a like there's a lot of like shows for like little kids that are explicitly on the nose about that. You know, the boys making fun of the girl, she can't do this. And then by the end, she outperforms them in every way. Like for little little kids, it's not the worst thing ever. But if you're someone like Disney, you definitely do have to take a more. Uh, egalitarian approach to it and Mulan does that perfectly like, the worst I've seen some of the worst I've seen was from DC Superhero Girls like the, like the remake of it that came out last year I have not like, seen the, well like there's the Teen Titans Go episode that like explicitly parodies that trope <laughs> and like at the ending of the film uh, at the end of the episode they outright say ah, Robin's like well guys let's just face it girls are better than guys in every single aspect we're just gonna have to live with that <laughs> like, uh, they just outwardly say it like in a very ironic way. 
Yeah. Oh man. But I'm not really sure how many kids how many kids are gonna get that. I gotta say, uh, for this for this matchup, Mulan does get my vote slightly over the Little Mermaid, and it has pretty much everything to do with the strength of the princesses. Ariel's awesome. She cool. She amazing. I still think Mulan would beat her in a fight, though. So oh, totally. Ariel can't go on land. But what if you I... gave Ariel King's Triton's uh, trident? Ooh. Oh. There's something. And hey, Mulan just turned into a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey, guys. Like Maleficent? <laughs> what were yeah, you saying? Can I can I just say two things about the Little Mermaid before we go forward? Like I forgot to say these. Go like ahead. I apologize. I'm a little fun fact about the Little Mermaid. Everyone's actually going to have a dolphin sidekick named Breaker, and he was actually going to be voiced by Robin Williams. Huh. Oh. And like, but when the character had to be dropped, they actually, but in traits that they were going to bring for Breaker, like the Robin Williams stuff, and actually put it into Ariel. Huh. <laughs> How about so like they. Does that mean that Ariel, if if Robin Williams was in this film, Ariel would have been a more boring character? Kind of, actually. Like, they wanted to give her more personality and kind of, like, a sense of humor. Honestly, most of Ariel's personality shines through thanks to J- James Baxter, the animator. Oh, yeah, and Glenn Keane and Mark Henn. Yeah. We should um, think of a name for those guys. The new old men? The next generationers? Yeah, and uh, oh. and another thing is, um, with all this talk about the Little Mermaid, what do you guys think of the scene with Chef Louis the Les Poissons? That scene, in my opinion, is comedy gold. <laughs> Everything Les about Poissons. that scene. <laughs> like, yeah, I knew he was getting married, and apparently that is his first dance. I'm like, okay, but why? I'm like, everything about the scene, the way it's animated, the voice acting of the chef, and then some of Sebastian, it kills me every single time I see it. It's like the great Chuck Jones, like, quality of slapstick and humor, and it really hits on point. So I just want to bring up those two things, and yeah. Oh, I guess if I had one, like, tiny complaint about Mulan, is that, unlike Little Mermaid, uh, uh, Mulan doesn't really have much of a connection with the villain, so... It, like that climax doesn't hit at home as hard, I feel. But you know, that's a minor nitpick. Yeah. Ah. Okay, so that was a uh, nice, nice discussions there. I knew this was going to pad out this podcast a little. Uh, yeah. Not as much as Cinderella and Frozen a few weeks ago, but still a lot of good stuff here. Honestly, maybe we should have saved it for the end because, like, we knew it was going to take the longest to get through. Yeah. <laughs> eh, what can you do? All right. Uh, well, next up Fantasia versus 101 Dalmatians. Uh, Anime oh Geek, we will start with you. What do you have to say about this? I never watched Fantasia. Oh. <gasps> Um, no, I never did. Sacrilege. Um, I watched, like, the Sorcerer's Apprentice segment, and that was all I ever watched of Fantasia. That was it for me. I remember Fantasia 2000 in, like, I think third grade or second grade. I don't know. That's another, but that's a different story. I 
But 101 Dalmatians, I've watched it a few times throughout my life, and honestly, I was really, really good for 1961. Okay. I really love uh, Cruella The fact that Cruella DeVille was, like, voiced by the narrator from Cinderella. Oh, oh Betty Lou Gerson. Yeah, Betty Lou Gerson. Hmm, I did not know that. I was not aware of that. For some reason, the Andrew One Dalmatian thing kind of confuses me. Why is that? 101 puppies. Well, 99 puppies. Pongo and Perdita are uh, counted as one of the 101. It just confuses me. Well, not all the puppies are theirs. How is that even possible? They had 15 puppies, and the other 84 were also kidnapped. Uh, I still don't get it. Because in the scene where... Because the 15 puppies were kidnapped, and they were brought to a house with 84 other puppies that were kidnapped from separate homes. And so that when they all got back to the house, they decided to uh, make a Dalmatian plantation. How did <laughs> so, they know that was a big mistake? Actually, the newer Dalmatians, um, they say they were all bought and paid for. I never watched it, and I don't care for it. Oh, okay. I, oh, I didn't realize they weren't kidnapped. I forgot. <laughs> like, like Pondo and Perdita's ones were the only ones who were kidnapped. The other 84, I think, they were all bought and paid for. Okay. Hmm. Well, that makes the unfortunate implications less bad that they were kidnapped and they're just never going to go to their previous homes ever again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. One of the puppies said it themselves. Uh, yeah, I forgot that line. Sorry. That's <laughs> yeah. fine. Um, Derek? Oh, okay, so... Yeah, uh, once again, I'll be playing Devil's Advocate by saying 101 Dalmatians is my favorite Disney film from the Walt Disney era, like, you know, when he was still alive, because I really... I love, love, love the story, the the journey that all these characters go on. It's fraught with danger, and... Uh, so many helpful characters along the way because it has such a like it's like a such an underground railroad feeling uh, of all these uh, different uh, you know pit stops they take and you know you really feel for these puppies and what they're going through and I love Jasper and Horace they're a f- fantastic uh, comedy duo of henchmen and their boss is a, a devilishly delightful as uh the song implies, or I guess not implies, just outright says. Delightfully <laughs> devilish. Delightfully devilish. Right. And I, I love little things like the scene where the two henchmen are just watching the TV and it's a, just, they're just watching a game show called Name That Crime. Like, what crime did this criminal commit? Like, like, wow, that's such a dark game show that I kind of wish was real. <laughs> yeah. And 
Like, so will he be available next week? Like, uh, maybe, but he's on death row, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, this might be your last chance. <laughs> oh, I love, I love it. It's so, it's so wonderfully dark. It's, I, I think it's great. And Fantasia, it's the mo- most, one of the most art house Disney film there is, because of the lack of plot and the focus on the orchestral, beautiful music. And I I think that stuff is great. I really do. I'm not going to deny that. But I, I uh, do prefer the more story-driven films. So I'm just going to... I'll go with my heart on this one and stick by 101 Dalmatians. Like, I hope, I hope this film isn't angry at me for cheating on it last week time, you know, with uh, Treasure Planet... It, it was a tough show. I, I, it had to do it had to be done it's like uh, baby i you know i still love you like that was just a phase i'm with oh. you now <laughs> but like like peter trying to uh you know get uh forgiveness from lois because he was cheating on her with a cardboard cutout <laughs> oh god i remember that i remember that actually wow yeah <laughs> So um, funny. Was all that? I guess. Yeah. I oh yeah. Uh, I guess. Uh, but I forgot to say who I think will win. I guess Fantasia probably because like I, I underestimated the power of this film, and I think Princess and the Frog is a better movie than 101 Dalmatians. So by that logic, I think Fantasia is probably gonna have it. Yeah. I see. Sound reason. Yeah. But, um. Anyway, what well, what I was gonna do is I just um, love Fantasia, and I see kind of the problem with Nick is that we kind of blew our blew our blew our archives and our thoughts about it in the first two rounds. But yeah, Fantasia is able to just click on all cylinders. It's able to have a certain flow to it. It builds up to Bald Mountain, and I really just had a latent interest in classical music. 101 Dalmatians to me is not quite remarkable. It's not bad. It's just one of the Disney movies I think about the least and just kind of don't turn to. But Fantasia, that one still holds up for me. I was actually able to finish it in one sitting um, back in the day. So there's that. It's by far the longest film of the canon. So, but, so take advantage of that intermission. But I'm still going with Fantasia, and I do think that's going to win in part because of the old scores and in part because, because again, 101 Dalmatians, despite being winning around here, I don't think it has enough in the tank to take on Fantasia. So I'm going to say Fantasia gets my vote and the win. Yeah. Um. Kind of spoiling my turn, but I'm pretty much in the same boat. Okay, uh, Yoda? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. This one was the hardest choice for me because I really love both films. I think they're great in their own neat ways. Fantasia, I think, is a masterpiece of art and music. This is one of Walt Disney's highest points in his career, even though the film didn't do well with like at the box. Obviously, it was still... Such a high point, like such a landmark in animation, broke new grounds of what he can do with that. Like even to have satirized, maybe 
I think I heard like what's up. One of the people who worked on this movie, Maurice Noble, would later go on to be like a background pair for Chuck Jones. And one of the shorts we did work on was What's Opera Doc, which is said to be one of the greatest Looney Tunes cartoons ever made. So I kind of feel like Looney Tunes themselves like took a, quite a bit from Fantasia. The oh, Mr. Jones, can I have an autograph, Mr. Jones? Yeah. The thing to remember is animation and music are based on timing and rhythm, so. It was kind of with this that showcased how they could be blended using certain timing. Yeah, I, I even heard that like some of the directors you put the timing of the animation on musical bar sheets. Like I thought that was oh, like wow. particularly particularly like Chris Freeling. I, I hear I hear what he did he he was the one who did a lot of that. And Frizz, I think, was a musician. So yeah, makes sense. Yep. At the same time, 101 Dalmatians. It's an, that's another one of those films that, like, the older I get, I appreciate it more and more. It has, like, such an intense type feeling to it, especially when the Dalmatians find out that Cruella was indeed the one who stole their puppies. Like, that was, that was pretty cool. Like, the way they go off in the alley, I think all the characters they come, characters they come across on their journey, like, I especially love the cat, love the cat, um, Tibbs, that's Sergeant Tibbs. I especially love how we have a cat in a dog movie that isn't a bad guy. Everyone knows that, like, this is a cat who's like, like, hey, you want to help, out, help us with the dog? He's like, sure, no problem. Like, he has no problem with helping these dogs get home and, like, helping them get together. It was kind of nice. I never noticed like, that. I really like that. I think the, the only yeah. other movie I can think of where the cat is not uh, the bad guy from the beginning is Aristocats. That's right. Uh-huh. And, and kind of bolt at, like, the halfway point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just, people people don't have uh, a high opinion of cats, yeah. and I don't have a high opinion of cats. The the, the play, so that checks out. <laughs> yeah, one of my friends whose dad wanted to be a theater major. He saw Cats at its premiere. Five minutes, walked out. And <laughs> ouch! The who? Point is, who? One of my friends' dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Funny thing is, like when the when the remake of Cats came out, I was was coming out. I'm like, maybe I should see this. But then the more I hear about, it, I'm just like, I'm like, this musical, like I think it sucks. I'm like, you know, like I don't want to see this now. Like, no, I'm I'm not even gonna bother with it. So, okay, I'm about hundred one Dalmatians. Like, I really like the characters that they come across. I think them, person Jasper, like they said, are really fun characters. Like. Sure, they may be like um, be used like in several other films, like the character sites, but the characters themselves in here are very entertaining. Especially love the way they talk too. Like when Cruella tells them to like get rid of the Dalmatians, like skin them already, this he says, "Oh please, have pity, will ya? Only see the rest of the show first. I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's dark, but funny. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's good to give those kinds of lines to characters that are supposed to be unlikable. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, a little fun fact, by the way, um, Roger, like, um, Pondo's owner, he's voiced by, um, Ben Wright, who also did the voice of Rama in the genre book, like, um, Mowgli's Wolf Dad, and uh. Grimsby from The Little Mermaid. Oh, really? When he worked uh, on The Little Mermaid. Oh. But, but when he worked on The Little Mermaid, nobody knew that he worked on Disney films before them, and he actually had to tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> Such is the life of a voice actor. Yeah, it's kind Very of like un- what happened with Alan Tudyk 
when he was doing Wreck-It Ralph, apparently his agent said he could do an impression of Ed Wynn without actually checking. Uh, agents are new. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of instinct. Good for him. Um, well, this one was kind of a toss-up. Like, it was a really tough call, but I feel like I'm going to have to go with 101 Dalmatians because that story kind of, like, intrigued me more. It had me on the edge of my seat a couple of times, especially with Cruel DeVille. Like, who I would describe as, like, delightfully sadistic, like, delightfully horrid. Like, she's a great character that you just love to hate at the same time. she She's, like, she's just so full of... She's such a has such a wild personality. Yeah, like she's like so. Awesome. I've always loved that term, love to hate. Yeah, it's one of the darker Disney movies. Also, I mean, think about it. It's about parents rescuing their kids from a killer who skins their victims. Yeah, a hundred one ways to skin a dog. That's what they should have named this film. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't yeah. think that would have been good marketing. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is a very avant-garde Disney film. Yeah, it could be like one of those fan trailers on YouTube where they redo work it as a horror film. And then the dog started, his face started zooming in on the camera with oddly realistic bloodshot eyes. <laughs> it just becomes a creepy pasta. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, very interesting move on Disney's part. Hmm. Oh, so, um... So I guess, like, I am going to have to go with the 101 Dalmatians on this. Now, the one I think of when I feel like Fantasia is probably going to win, because that probably has, like, it has more love to it. Like, a lot of people, like, really seem to refer to There's some people say Fantasia is one of their favorites, if not their absolute favorite. A lot of people I know, like, say Fantasia is their favorite. Yeah. So while I think Fantasia is going to win, 101 Dalmatians gets my vote, like, on a more personal level, because I love it. Just a little bit more. I feel really bad because, like, I'm voting for 101 Dalmatians, but I have no faith in it. It's like that scene from the SpongeBob episode where he's fighting, you know, King Neptune, and Mr. Krabs is like, don't worry, SpongeBob, you've got this. Like, and then he puts all of his money on King Neptune. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, but he loses the bet at the end, so... Yeah, he's like, he's crying, and SpongeBob's like, don't worry, Mr. Krabs. I lost the bet. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Krabs. All right. Fantasia <laughs> yeah, versus 101 Dalmatians. So for me, this is kind of a no-brainer. I'm voting for Fantasia. thing about 101 Dalmatians is I do appreciate, like, the suspense and the tension in the escape scene. I do love Cruella DeVille throughout her entire uh, time in this movie. But other than that, I mean, the escape only happens in the last third. It's a great way to end it, and, you know, I think that does elevate it for me, but it doesn't elevate it by a whole lot, because I've just never been able to get into the first two-thirds. I don't know, I think maybe it's just a little little too slow for my taste. The only time before then where it really picks up is when Roger is making up his song about Cruella de Vil, and then the entrance of Cruella de Vil, who just hams the entire scene up and makes it all worthwhile. She is, she's it is a catchy song, to be fair. It is indeed. Yeah. Now, I, 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 do, you think, do you think maybe the writers for My Little Pony like took inspiration from her character when writing Rarity? Like like as a good version of Cruella de Vil? 
Probably. Probably. Yeah. Maybe. Like, like her dialogue feels very much like her. Yeah. And, well, um, and that's why Rarity's the best. Yeah. <laughs> you, know what, you know what else is interesting about 101 Dalmatians? Like, man, I forgot to bring this up. You know, it's the whole movie I found out recently was sto- storyboarded by one guy, Pete. He did the entire storyboards for the whole movie. No way. Uh-huh. That poor man's fingers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a, okay, now your mission for this film is to write 101 characters, all with differing personalities. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, to draw them as such. No wonder they had to go for the Xerox animation style. Yeah. Can you imagine animating them all individually by hand? Of course they had to use a copier. Okay. Uh, I'm just, and then Tar I'm and then Tarzan had the spin-off 101 Gorillas. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh god. Oh, so Could I, you I, imagine? Now I'm imagining like a redone version of that one scene from uh, the Kyoshi Island episode of Avatar, where the artist is painting Aang with uh, the little girl, and every time he looks, there's just more coming and crowding the scene. I'm imagining him, like, getting these liner notes and drawing in Dalmatians. He looks up, more Dalmatians. Okay, I'll add these in. Even more. And eventually, just, like... (laughs) Chaos. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I like 101 Dalmatians. Don't love it. I feel like if there was... I feel like if it were a little more briskly paced or just a little more Cruella, I'd like it a lot more. And Fantasia is definitely a movie I respect more than I actually like, although I do really like it because I do love classical music and I love, you know, when animation is explicitly set to music. There's just something that makes my brain happy about that. Uh, The music itself is great. The animation is fantastic. And I think the fact that it's not telling a coherent story does make it easier to digest in pieces, but at the same time, it also keeps it from being like an all-time favorite for me. Uh, so it's like ASMR, seeing the timing and the cadence together. Yep. Hmm. Now, every time somebody says ASMR, I just think of it's free real estate. <laughs> and whenever someone says the word cadence, I'm going to think of cadence from My Little Pony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... um. Yeah, but um, ASMR kind of works on me, but not to the extent of YouTube. But I can totally see what you mean by seeing the visuals with the music. Yeah. That's why Tom and Jerry is so great. There you go. Yeah. And Looney Tunes. Don't forget Looney Tunes. Oh, yeah, Looney Tunes. Yeah. So, bottom line, my vote goes to Fantasia. And uh, I definitely think it's going to win. Uh, just because 101 Dalmatians, I uh, don't know that many people who absolutely love it, and Fantasia has just a horde of people who can't get enough of it. Like Yoda said, a lot call it their favorite animated film ever, if not their favorite film ever. And Those I people can, scare me. <laughs> I mean, I can, under, I can understand why, I just uh, don't agree at all. I prefer my stories to have stories, but that's just me. Mostly it's the pundits and serious Disney connoisseurs who say Fantasia. There we go. And I feel like I've got quite a few of those in my audience, so uh, I think that's really going to inflate the vote here. I feel like the I feel like those kinds of people probably think Emperor's New Groove is a cinematic disaster. I don't know. I've known people who love I've known people who love both. Me. 
There you go. Or like, or like they're just salty because like it took King of the Sun could have been another Disney Renaissance film. Yeah, people who don't like Emperor's New Groove, uh, I love you, but I don't get you. You you don't <laughs> like you you don't like humor. Like something I like about the Emperor's New Groove is that like it was very different from other Disney films, which I really like. Like not every Disney film has to be like. Like Snow White. Not every film has to be like The Lion Jane. Like, sometimes they didn't just make comedies, and The Emperor's Drew is like that. I want to see Disney make more comedies. In the early 2000s, uh, they were kind of pressured into making that movie because it was nothing but comedy films from animated movies around that time. Mm-hmm. So it, Disney just wanted to kind of jump on that bandwagon, and it worked. Yeah, it did. Yeah. All right. Uh... So. A little bit off topic, but that's okay. Let's move on. Yeah, to, let's move on to the final matchup: Cinderella versus Dumbo. Yeah, as long as it's Disney, we're on brand. Indeed. This podcast is not affiliated or endorsed by Disney, by the way. We're endorsed by Raycon, <laughs> Blue Apron, <laughs> Rage Shadow Legends. <laughs> All right. Do you need some food? Do you need food at your uh, doorstep immediately? Then subscribe to DoorDash. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let's not give these people too much free advertising. <laughs> so, Eric, since you brought up DoorDash, I saw this video from Uncle Yo where Ren Stimpy ordered from DoorDash. <laughs> like, did you see it? Like, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It is fucking uh, Okay, well, could you link it in the Discord? Let me see. Let me see if I can find it. Well, ah, yeah, let's... Here it is. I found okay. it. <laughs> All right, so you said Cinderella versus Dumbo, is that yeah. right? And uh, we'll start with the OJX. Cinderella and Dumbo. The films that are like um, they may be kind of different, but they're very similar. Like they're both they're focused they're both focused on characters that, that let's be honest they go through shit in their life. Dumbo and Cinderella both go through shit in their life, and this is a film about them. Trying to like get better from it. Like Cinder like Dumbo wants to like um make himself you know like a star, like because once because of his big years, like he's constantly ridiculed. And Cinderella just wants to get out of her abusive stepmother's home. And you really relate to both of them. And Dumbo, like, even though he never says a word, you really connect with him as a character. Like when he misses his mother and like Timothy the mouse is like helping him through it, he's I'm like I'm like a bit of a father figure to him. Like he always, he wants to defend him. He wants to like make make things better for him, even through the worst of times. Even like sits up to him when the crows are picking on him, and he wins the crows over. Like um when he points out just about all the turmoil and suffering Duffo has went through, the crows like decide to like help out. It it really shines through. Cinderella's the same thing. Like you know she also has mice as her friends. <laughs> Make, oh yeah, Cinderella and Dumbo are a lot more similar than I imagined. Jeez. Like, yeah, your dog stories about freaking out of abuse cycles and finding your true self—that's pretty on point, actually. Yeah, and I guess when you think about it, Cinderella also had that scene where she was in the bubbles, like singing, and it started to become a little weird Technicolor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh-huh. But um, anyway, uh. Apparently, I read somewhere Cinderella is the most popular story in the world. 
Heck, the first narrative film was a six-minute short by George Melies of Cinderella. Really? In 1899. Oh, wow. Wow, Jeez. that's that's insane. I, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. There are too many Cinderella remakes. So, like, when you guys uh, were talking about Cinderella remakes, remember when I was being like, which one? <laughs> yeah. Yes, they're as old as movies themselves. Uh -huh. like, you need to be more specific. Uh, forget Beauty and the Beast. That's the tale as old as time. Exactly. Uh -huh. And it wasn't it, the fact that it wasn't the first Disney film ever made is kind of strange when you think about it. Hmm. Like, no, you you would think that Snow White would be the tale as old as time, but no, hmm. there's only I can only think of two live action Snow White films, but they came out in the same year. Snow White and the Huntsman, the '98. Sigourney Weaver, Banca Nieves, the Spanish one. Um, I think there's a few more, and, but the, like I think of four off the top of my head. And whatever the heck was going on in Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Oh yeah. So um, that's a whole other that's a whole other can of worms. Oh yeah. So it's Cinderella and Dumbo. Martin, like um, I really love both films, but if he had to make me choose, I have to go with Cinderella, mostly because relate to it more and the funny thing is I saw this film both this film and fun and fancy free I was rewatching them a lot when I was in eighth grade and eighth grade is one of the worst years of my whole life Same. I hate looking I hate looking back to it but there's something about Cinderella like both those films that I really held connections to because Lim it's they're both basically films about trying to get out of like a really bad unfortunate time like trying to like um find happiness and get get out of your depression, like just go forth. And by the time I left, by the time I was finished with eighth grade and went on to summer, I really felt that happiness. I really felt like, wow, I just got out of something really bad. So I feel like now, so really hold a special place to me. Dumbo works the same way, and especially love how this is also the first film for voice acting legends like Verna Felton and Sterling Holloway, who would later appear in several Disney films after this. And Cliff Edwards, Jiminy Curtis, Cliff Edwards is great as Jim Crow. Really love that. Songs are great, like Baby Mine, Pink Elephants on Parade. All the songs in Dumbo are fantastic. And of course, the ones in Cinderella. And since since we mentioned June Foray from Mulan, June Foray, like one of her early one of her earlier roles for voice roles was Lucifer, providing the sound effects for him, the cat. <laughs> so that was yeah. pretty neat. And. Sure, the prince may not get enough screen time, but see this as more Cinderella story, just wanting her to find happiness and just have a night to herself, and just ultimately get it happily after I see this as kind of her story. And the king and the, and the king and duke, they're fun to watch every single minute, especially when the duke has to tell the king that Cinderella got away, which I want the, I want the, the royal knight title of Sir She Got Away. I think it's a fantastic title, and I would gladly have it that's because i like so she got away like a peculiar title but i don't mind his, his words not his words not mind up being a peculiar title but yeah of course the ending where cinderella reveals that she has the other slipper satisfying his head i truly believe i truly believe that if there were no that cinderella didn't have any sequels after that i happily will believe like i like I believe it if the stepmother just stood there for the rest of her life just looking like with that shot look on her face throughout the whole the rest of her fucking life for <laughs> 24 Cinderella's life just she just 
<laughs> like she just got caught in stasis. <laughs> like in Breath of the Wild. And then one, somebody just comes up behind her and starts hitting her a bunch of times and she finally gets out of stasis and gets launched like several stories away. <laughs> uh, well, in, in Awakenings, uh, Robin Williams threw a baseball at her and it snapped in her head. <laughs> <laughs> she was like just a stasis physics for breath of the wild like da, 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 da. <laughs> and like and like i can just imagine like peter and now i can imagine peter griffin trying to throw up to lady Tremaine being like awakenings <laughs> throwing, a, throwing a basketball they throw a lucifer at her <laughs> yeah that, that's, that's funny that's really that's like, even funnier like, <laughs> so um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, oh, oh. Okay. Alright, just please continue. Okay, so ultimately I'm going with Cinderella. And like I love Dumbo, but I love Cinderella just a little more in that guess I bought. Oh my goodness! Yes. <laughs> Stop! Please. My my weakness is loud sounds. Do you need to be on mute, Carrick? Okay, hang on. Uh, I'll just. uh, All right. I guess I'll go next. um, Oh, wait. uh, Which one uh, do you think is going to win? I think Cinderella's going to win. It it has the most votes from what I've seen. And a lot of people are really seeing it connect with it more, even though Dumble has his fair share of love, too. I hear a lot of people from the Pixar crew. We love Dumbo and take a lot of influence from it, so oh, really? I'm gonna go with Cinderella. Though I still think that one has a more fire chance to win. Okay. Yeah, Leonard Dalton's a Dumbo fan. Read his book on movies; that's his favorite. But Leonard Fulton. Leonard Fulton. Oh, okay. Wrote the Leonard Moulton movie guide. He's on TCM. But, but anyway, I should go. Um, yeah, like Yoda Jax was saying, these films are pretty sick. Or they're both underdog stories. They're both transgressive narratives that come from, again, the most popular narrative of all time. I grew up with both. I really love a lot of both. But Cinderella, I think, is one of the films that I've warmed up to the more it's gone on. Even the supposed filler with the mice doesn't bother me because it does feel plot relevant. They're pitching in. They're trying to help. They're they're giving their they're giving their best share and. So, so they have the dress and the team, so they do stuff. And Cinderella herself is very nice, very relatable, and quite dependable mom. Um, okay, Yoda, you're, you're echoing a little bit. Sorry about that. Sorry I scared you earlier. <laughs> and again, in terms of comedy, this movie does have quite a bit of comedy. So I can appreciate it for that, and it's kind of sort of resonating with me a little more as we go on. Though, again, I'm surprised we've gone three rounds and haven't mentioned the big dress debacle. Oh, my God, that scene. No, I mean... Uh, oh, I don't, no, I mean the marketing. What color is Cinderella? Oh! oh, oh. Movie. We mentioned uh, the, the ripping part in the first is, round, but... Is it but black and white, or is it gold and yellow? Kind of like that. <laughs> in the movie, in the original, it's silver maybe pale blue yeah it appears deeper blue in the in the dance but they're in the shadows take that into account 
But by, mm. by marketing, ever since the 99 DVD has made it powder blue, my theory is it shows off the sparkles a little more. Some Disney purists say it killed the design. Me, personally, I'm like, if it sells, it sells. But the first one does look a bit more magical to me. Well, I feel like the first one looks too much like a wedding dress. So I, I can understand why they would want to change the color. But I think Aurora looks better in blue than Cinderella, if you ask me. Even blue for third for more than pink, if you do the math. She only has 13 seconds. <laughs> that's just me, though. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, I'm voting for Cinderella because I keep getting warmed up to it. It's like the quintessential Disney movie. And I also think that even though Dumbo can put up a fight, and this is a pretty valid, again, apples-to-apples comparison, I still think Cinderella is popular enough to take home the win. Cool. Cool. Uh, uh, yeah. Yo, do, you, do you have headphones in? Yeah. Why are you echoing then? I don't know. Well, um... I mean, it, maybe maybe hmm. if I step, maybe I stand up a little bit more. Ah. How's yeah, that? Make sure make sure your mic isn't too close to the speaker. Oh, that's better. Okay. feedback too. All right, so no, nope, there it is again. There it is again. Uh, how's how's this? Let me testing testing. No, nope, still there. Nope, still there. Let me see if I didn't try and fit in. You're wrong. Alright, sorry sorry about that, folks. Uh, Dumbo, uh, I don't know, I don't know if I like this movie or not, I'm gonna be honest. I don't dislike it, but I don't, I'm not really in love with it either, because I, here's what I like about, I like how much they tell Dumbo's story, uh, with, uh, having, giving him zero dialogue, because you- protagonist to have no line. Yeah, it, the only protagonist to have less lines than Aurora, huh. but and uh, but like they managed to give him so much character because uh, like you feel his pain and humiliation when he's like dressed as a clown and how relieved and warm he feels when he's in the trunk of his mother and how uh, victorious he feels when he's flying for the first time. Like the animation sells gives tells is. The animation's worth a thousand words, basically. And the technique of animism projecting human emotions onto non human beasts. Sergei Eisenstein had a lot to say about how it reflected the emotions through animals. Uh, Timothy, uh, the mouse, it makes for a great character. And I, I said before how I appreciate that this is a film that acknowledges that yeah. just because you're a freak that doesn't mean you can only be friends with fellow freaks like he's being like timothy is just friends to dumbo out of the kindness of his heart and uh that's a nice change of pace like he doesn't have any ulterior motives he just he sees this kid and is like oh man I, I should help this kid out and that's that's all you need and he's a likable and fun character and yoda jacks put it very Nicely, how he, uh, you know, got the crows to turn around. But then again, with this movie, it feels like uh, 
I've said before how much I loathe the pink elephant scene. If it was like two minutes shorter, I probably would like it better. It just, it goes on for too long and it makes me feel like I dropped acid or something. And this is a part of the drug trip where everything starts to morph and change. Like it's nice at first, but then suddenly the wall's made of a thousand dead baby faces. It's not a good, it's not a good time. Don't do drugs, kids. And not that I'm speaking from personal experience, of course, but anyway. Uh, (laughs) And I I feel like this film kind of, the ending is super abrupt. Like once he starts flying, all of his problems are solved and like it immediately ends. And like, I don't know. I feel like if it, it feels like if in Ratatouille, like once Remy like cooks his first meal, if the movie just ended there, like that, because like there's more story to tell, but no, uh, he he made his first meal. That's all you need to know. <laughs> so and uh, it, this is another. This film has the same problem as Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer for me, where it's like I, it's I okay to have a that. yeah, you it's okay to have a deformity as long as other people can make use of it. <laughs> so, uh, n- not I'm not a big fan of that uh, implication. So and. Because of that, I'm gonna go with Cinderella. Like Dumbo, I can see why it's a it's a classic and it is timeless. But Cinderella, it's it's funny. It's got a lovable character. The mice are fantastic. The the king and the duke are a wonderful uh, comedy duo, and the fact that they're voiced by the same person it, it makes that even cooler. Uh, the Lady Tremaine is one of the most. Uh, one of the most despisable villains in Disney history, and I love that. Uh, and the, the music is fantastic. Uh, Cinderella has a beautiful singing voice, and the mice have their own thing. Like they were the, you know, they were the chipmunks before it was cool. Right. And it doesn't feel intrusive like the Tom and Jerry movies, because again, they're actually helping out with the plot. Yeah. Tom and Jerry, Tom they're and just Jerry. like they're just like oh no, uh, you know um technically um Chip and Dale were kind of the chipmunks before they were cool. Oh well, I mean, did they well, sing? Did they sing though? They sing though. Yes, a couple times actually. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I'm only echoing. Echoing. I'm the only one echoing on you. On you. Really? Really? Oh no! Never mind. No, never mind. <laughs> But, but Chip and Dale sang a couple times. Like, I remember that. They sang in their Christmas shorts. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, please uh, mute. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks. Sorry. Uh, and, uh, what was, I, what was I saying? Oh, so I'm trying to thought. How, talking about the mice. Yeah, uh, oh, and uh, the Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo song is oh, still yeah. one of the best scenes in Disney history. Mm-hmm. Just it's got a fan. It's also got a great sense of humor too, because it's like she she's so focused on all the you know big things that she completely forgets about Cinderella's dress, and she's like, uh, "So about my dress," and she's like, "Oh yes, I'm what you have is fine." Oh my goodness! <laughs> like she finally realizes what she's wearing. Oh. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's it's a great it's a great scene. Yeah, I love it. And so. My my vote goes to Cinderella, and I know for a fact that I'm not going to have another character arc. So don't, please don't put me through that again. <laughs> it's like I'm sticking with it. 
Yeah, believe me, we're not going to try to change your mind here. <laughs> I, think, I think we might be in agreement here. Yeah, I can't. I still can't believe that Dumbo was one of the six films to get a buy. I mean, I understand it has its fans and has a lot of appeal, but seriously, this gets a buy and Cinderella doesn't? And Aladdin doesn't? I mean, Aladdin was even closer, though. <laughs> anyway, I, I feel like I've said everything I need to say about Cinderella in the two relevant podcasts beforehand. Um, and again, every, all the good things about Little Mermaid are also good things about Cinderella. I keep saying how similar these movies are, and I will keep saying that at every opportunity. Um, I do love how uh, basically the impl- the uh, implied underlying message of Bippity Boppity Boo to Lady Tremaine is karma's a bitch. <laughs> In fact, actually, that's that's basically her entire arc. Karma's a yeah, bitch. Yeah, I have that headcanon also how Fairy Godmother set it up at the end so the slippers would be the only things not to go away. I do kind of wish a li- that she got a little bit more comeuppance, like we see her like forced to do her own house cleaning or something. Hmm. I don't know, but like that one reaction image is pretty good. Yeah, and well, maybe. Oh my gosh, maybe. Uh, may- maybe we see more of that in uh, Cinderella Four: Filing Royal Taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Cinderella Three: A Twist in Time. I-, I feel like that it does a pretty good job. Uh, really, because like I, I don't know. Do you guys care if I spoil that movie? No, I've uh, seen go it. Ahead. Like by the end of it, uh, she and one of the other stepsisters gets turned into a freaking frog. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> and that's how Amphibia started. Yeah. But, oh uh, dang. Yeah. Also, Cinderella Three is one of the few Disney actually feels like a natural continuation. Like it actually seems to progress the story, and it skips ahead a year. I I seriously need to see this movie. Yeah, it's it's off the wall bunker. All, all I know from that movie is the scene where uh, the prince jumps out the window. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense in context. <laughs> yeah, but like this how this how it went. He said, "I forbid you from going down these stairs." Okay, and jumps out the window. <laughs> Classic. Well, just like the fact that he just jumps out like a. Freaking G mod model, <laughs> stiff as a board. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, one of the fixed it. yeah, it's one of the upper tiers of Disney sequels. I would call it good, but just being above hot garbage is an achievement for the Disney sequels. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got maybe when I've got some time, I'll watch that. I yeah. I seriously need to know if it lives up to the hype, but I'm sure it will. Tress McNeil is one of the stepsisters and she's great hmm. i don't know who that is sorry uh, she's um, she's dot, dot warner Animaniacs. from animaniacs oh okay okay and she's also like half the ca- female characters on the simpsons i'm surprised and a little disappointed that trust didn't become a household name like dan castellanetta or the other simpsons she also uh was the old lady that taught Katara how to blood bend, so she's got ranged. Dang. Now I have to see this movie. And um, she was also in Amphibia, in that one episode where like, wants to like prove to Marcy that she's not like, that she can be just as smart as she is. She's that old newt 
that Ant comes across. Oh. That old Newt that, like... Yeah. Dude, Cinderella is voiced by freaking Samus Aaron in the sequel. Jennifer Hale, yep. And in Ralph Briggs, the internet. Dang. All right, so yeah, Cinderella easily gets my vote. One of my all-time favorites. Dumbo's, eh, it's all right. Pink Elephant scene didn't do it as much, but uh, I think I'm speaking as experience from someone who has been drunk before. <laughs> I, It's not... It's not that trippy. No, in fact, I've heard a lot of people who are more likely to say snakes or rats than pink elephants. Maybe it was because of the fact that Dumbo was a kid and Timothy was a really tiny mouse and they basically drank their body weight in alcohol. That's probably it. And it was also probably moonshine, the strong stuff. Mm. That'll do it. Uh, Disney. Ah, uh, Disney, promoting alcoholism since 1941. Well, I don't know if they're really promoting it in that scene. They make alcoholism pretty terrifying. Mm, you got a point there. But yeah, my vote goes to Cinderella, which I also think is going to win. It just has more of that universal appeal. And yeah, that, All right. that covers it. This was, right. this was a lot of fun. It's great to be back after the three-week hiatus. Always fun yeah, talking to you guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it was. I have I missed this. this. Yeah. But I haven't missed the I echoing. Miss the echoing. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Big, 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 big. Oh, that's trippy. Oh, that's trippy.